0: so you can be notified anytime we upload new videos. I want to encourage you to like this page so that we can develop the number of likes that we have so that we can come up in the rankings because we have a message that is critical for this uh, this time. So thank you so much for those of you who are already doing so. If you'd like to support our ministry, you can visit our website at templeoftruth.us. That's www.templeoftruth.us or you can go to patreon.com and look for our handle, Emerging Temple.
1: So did anybody have anything that happened this week that they'd like to share with the group? Um, uh, I do think from me. Okay. About, actually, about- actually about- I say this. Um, sorry,
2: that table is... Uh, Tabo needs to join us. Um, just one second. Let me um, call him. Tabo!
1: Okay.
3: I'm so proud of that young man.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> he's actually trying, yes. Um, he's getting used to the Sunday routine now where he has to uh, read his own portion of the Bible. Yes. so actually uh, something strange happened this week Um, you know I remember that I miscarried 8 years ago and um, Tebo woke up on the 8th of April and said to me that he had a dream and that in that dream that he saw uh, he he saw his sibling he hasn't got a sibling but he said he saw his sibling in that dream and uh, and uh, I said sibling. He said yes. And he saw a sibling in the gym, and he was talking to his sibling. And he said, um, he was about seven or eight years old. No, oh, wow. And I just thought about the date that he said that. And that was the exact date that I miscarried eight years ago. It was, wow. How did I be creepy? Um, but no,
3: yes. he might have been. He might have been. Wondering, wondering and just thinking what his life would be with one. And in his quiet time, uh, I think the spirit of the Lord revealed that to him, that you you had a sibling, but it didn't get to stay with you.
2: You know, yeah. because there's no way he would have known the, the year. I mean, I only mentioned it once, but I never said anything about when it happened. He doesn't know how old, how old, how long ago that was. Oh you know, for him to have said exactly the year and for him to have had that dream on the day. You
3: know, that was... I I don't call that creepy. I call that spiritual because, Mm. you know, he is a deep thinker and he might have just been sitting in his own quiet space wondering what his life would be like had he had a sibling. I mean, it's, it's as simple as that. And because he's been reading the Bible and getting closer and closer with the Lord and what all that means, I I think he was given that insight. Don't feel like you didn't have, you had, but it wasn't to be. It didn't come to fruition. So that just may, may mean he can step a little higher. I'm not an only child. I have a sibling. They're just no longer with us. Yes. Because it's the small things that get to uh, adolescence. Uh, Somebody could even be teasing. Well, what do you know about? You don't have to share anything with anybody. You're an only child. I mean, those kinds of statements hurt. And they're the type of statements that most times uh, a youngster will not even bother to bring up. They just figure that they're cross to bear. So I always pray that when my children have those kind of moments that the lord would just reveal himself and that's why i tell them that you know we do bible study family prayer all these things so that you can learn to speak to him you can speak to him just in your mind he's listening
2: yes and and he do- tabo talks about this all the time he's always if you ask him what was was the number one thing that he wants from god he will always tell you oh i don't have a sibling that's the only thing that bothers him See there? (laughs) Maybe maybe
3: you're right. (laughs) But, you know, from raising a group of children, each one of my children had their own things that they thought about a lot. And Mm. that would be maybe the one thing that they would choose to tell me about. What about all the other dozens of things that were in their minds that they didn't talk about? When I pray for each and every one of them, I ask the Lord to just circle them with his protection to also guard their minds, because so much is going on in the world that's bombarding them. And had he not had any opportunity to read the scriptures or to know anything about the Lord's teachings, his prophecies, uh, all the things that we've been touching on he might would just listen to that mess and think that something is wrong with him because he's not embracing it. Because a lot of people say, well, why do you drag your kids to church? Why do you do this, that, and the other? And I said, it's called routine because one day they're not going to be with me. And I want them to have the routine of going to church, reading their Bible. Uh, They may stray for a bit, but they'll come back if you ever established it. So you keep up the good work. Just keep encouraging him.
0: Yes, and, uh, yeah. and I think
3: knowing that he's got this little group that loves him and is praying for him all the time, I think that is helpful.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Oh. The, um, actually, your, your, what you said is right about the routine. You know, I've been there. Um, sometimes I've, had, I've been in places growing up in school where... You know, I, I I moved away from faith for a while, but then I always found my way back. You know, so that, that's a good point.
3: You know what my mother used to say about that? She said, You never strayed away. She says, because as long as I'm on my knees, you're not going to stray away. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she, said, she, said, <laughs> she said, she said, you you let lift your focus down, hmm. but you 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 don't stray away when a mother prays. And I'll tell you, when I was younger, even if I was thinking about doing something wrong, I said, I know the Holy Spirit's going to tell my mother before I even do it, so I ain't doing it. (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit, really, personally, at that time. But I I do know about the Holy Spirit now. And, And I knew about it when I was raising my kids. And the value of just being quiet and lifting up your own child. That that is so key. Even when they get grown, they they get their education, their jobs, and they're gone, they still don't know it all.
1: Hmm.
3: And the older they get, they find out they don't know it all. So that's when mother becomes more and more and more important. I think we have so much wisdom, but they don't realize the same devil that tries to torment them, tormented us.
1: (laughs) Yes. Because
3: that's his
2: job. Yes, that's true. So you be encouraged.
1: Yeah, thank you. Well, I know usually Tabo wants to share first so he can then get dismissed so today uh, we're supposed to be sharing a story from the bible that either shows the um, transformation of the church or the work of the holy spirit in the church
3: yes interesting i didn't know know that now you're talking about it (laughs) Was Tabo there and want to go first? Or yeah,
2: okay, yeah, he's here. Right, uh, Tabo. Good morning, Tabo.
3: Good morning.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he's smiling. <laughs> so <laughs> <high>. <laughs> I, I really,
3: I really love that boy, and I'm so proud of him.
4: Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> um, I've read the book of Mark, chapter nine, verse thirty-three to the end. See, so it says here, Jesus and his followers went to a place called Capernaum, and went into a house there. And Jesus saw two people arguing, and he asked what they were arguing about, and it ignored them. And because they were arguing about who's more important and who's the greatest. And Jesus sat down and said if anyone wants to be the most important, they should be the last of all, be the last of all, and servant of all. So mm-hmm. he, I think what he means by that is that he wants us to be humble and just make us think like we are servants and not like we are ahead of people and to just be patient, humble, not over, not overconfident. So, like, child, like, for children, Jesus wants us to be like children because children are innocent. They don't commit any sins. And they are the last of all. And Jesus wants us to be like them because he wants us to... He wants us to have the same mentality a kid does. So, to be a follower, for always obey our leaders, not think we are more important than others, not thinking we are at the top all the time. Um, Jesus says that to avoid our sins, we must chop off our hands and legs. What he means by that is he wants to cut off, that we should cut off all the things that make us do sins.
5: For example,
4: phones, drugs, game consoles, anything that makes us do evil in the world, we should just cut it. Because it says here it's better to have it... it's not, it's much worse to have two hands and go to hell, but it's better to have one hand and go to heaven and live, and live the best life.
0: <laughs> that's it. Okay. Um,
2: that's a good script. Just, yeah, I wanted to also finish the book of Mark myself. Um, so, I did read um, from chapter ten to
1: sixteen. Okay, can um, I ask Tabo a question? Okay, yeah. So, Tabo, what you were reading? How does that remind you of the story of Jesus? The life of Jesus.
4: Jesus was in. Jesus was humble. He told. He was telling people that he was the son of God, but he wasn't. He didn't think he was overconfident. He was really humble about it. And when people when people didn't believe him, he just accepted them crucifying him. So he and, was really,
1: yes, and he served. He served us, right? Yes. Okay. All right, thank you. Okay, go ahead, Belly. Yeah, okay.
2: So, I will, um in relation in relation to what we were supposed to discuss today about how this um links with the church transformation of the church and uh,
1: or the life of Jesus.
2: Or the life, yes, the life of Jesus. So, I'm going to touch on Chapter ten mostly, but then briefly link that to something I read in chapter five last week. So in chapter ten of Mark, Jesus uh, carrying on with what Abu was saying about being like little children. Jesus did say to little children came to him, and the disciples rebuked them, and Jesus. Was not very happy with that, and 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 said to them that no one, no, no one of us could enter the kingdom of God except we are like these little children. That it would be like these little children, and what he meant by that was, you know, we've got to be innocent and enthusiastic about the things of God, about the teachings of God, um, and have that innocence that children have um to be able to stand a chance of getting into the kingdom of into the kingdom of God. And then this man came up to him uh, while he was teaching and, and and said to him, What shall I do to inherit eternal life? This was a young ruler. He said, What should I do to inherit eternal life? And and um, and Jesus said you know, giving the usual commandments: do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness. And, and the man said, well, I do all these things already. And then Jesus said to him, so there's one thing that you haven't done, and that is you need to go sell all your belongings, sell everything you have, give to the poor, mm-hmm. and you will have treasure in heaven and come and take up the cross and follow me. And the Bible says the man was sad at, at these words and he just turned away and, and left because he had too many possessions and he didn't want to give up those possessions. And Jesus said that it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. So bringing me back to the first point, doesn't mean that every rich man will go to hell you know for us to follow him for us the church that he talks about it's not about being this very important rich man sitting in the front row of the church shouting the loudest keeping all the laws but about the giving up everything and worshiping god not literally but Making sure that you don't have two masters in your life, there is only one master, and that master is Jesus, and not Jesus and your car, or Jesus and something another great possession that you have somewhere. But I believe that's what Jesus was trying to drive at here. Well, he must have looked at this man and felt, uh, okay, yes, you're so good. You keep all the commandments. But you have two masters, you have your rich possessions, which he, was, he wasn't even willing to give up. And then you have me. So you cannot have two masters. Um, the, the only master, the first and the most important would be for us to leave every other thing that is distracting and follow him. And that he is the master, the only master that should be in our lives. Well, can um, I say something, Evelyn? Yes. Yeah.
1: Okay. The eye of the needle that they're talking about there was yes. okay in the gates to the walls of their cities. They, yes. had, a, they had a small door. And at mm-hmm. night, when they closed the main gates, that mm-hmm. the only way people could enter into the city was to pass through the small door. And for a camel, that small door was called the eye of a needle. And the way that a camel had to pass through the eye of a needle was to take all of their packs off of their back, all of their bundles, put them on on the ground. Somebody else would have to carry them through. And then the camel would walk through on their, like on hands and knees, but they could pass through Mm -hmm. the eye of the needle. They just right. couldn't come through laden with all of their riches. Yes. So, yes. so it really goes back to what Tabo was talking about of humility, that yes. we have to humble ourselves before God. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Thanks for that. And then, you know, following up with that,
2: the disciples then ask, okay, then who then can be saved? Because i they're looking at this man, the does everything and Jesus is still saying to him well there's still something left and and Jesus says with man it is impossible but not with God which means it is only possible for us to be able to live this life that he has described here with faith not by our works it's not something we can do by our power it's something that only the Holy Spirit can help us to be able to do in our lives and it brings me to that that thing I discussed last week, the point I discussed last week about the sower of the seed that sowed seeds and one fell by the wayside, one fell by the rock. This particular point here reminds me of the seed that fell um, on the thorns and and it grew and choked and it choked the, the seed. And these thorns, according to how Jesus described them, were all the distractions in our lives that compete with the teachings of God and how those distractions end up crushing the, the teachings of God that we have just, the word of God that we just received. And um, that, that, is, that is how I am. I, um, I understand this, this particular verse here and Jesus says that you know the first will be the last and the last will be the first no one who gives up any of their possessions gives up everything to follow him he says here in verse um 29 he says assuredly i say to you there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospel, who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses and and sisters and mothers and children and lands, you know, in the age to come. So, um, so, you know, so finally, another point I wanted to touch on, which is linked to what I read in chapter five um, last week, was. Um, there was Jesus was walking and you know as usual people always calling out to him the people that need miracles and healing and um, this man called Bartimaeus was shouting out he was a blind man he was shouting out he heard Jesus was you know coming I wasn't, was was I was around and he was just shouting Jesus son of david have mercy on me Jesus son of david have mercy on me and um And many warned him to be quiet, you know. And they were telling him to be quiet. He was shouting louder and louder and louder and louder. And eventually Jesus stopped and asked him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, you know, "Um, Rabboni, that I might receive my my sight, which is, you know, pleading with him to, to, to give him his sight, to give him his sight back. And Jesus said, "Go your way; your faith has made you well." And you know this this portion just reminds me of what we see today. You know, you know, in the church, it's come to the point where people are, you know, so nervous to talk about the word of God because the voices around will shout you down. And just like these people were warning this man to keep silent. Voices around ridicule, mock you, shout you down and tell you to stop, you know, what are you talking about? But that you never give up and you keep, you keep saying the word, you keep asking and believing, you know, in that miracle. Just have faith, believing in that faith, that yes, I believe this is what I believe. And, And eventually the way Jesus stops to speak to this man to say, okay, what do you want me to do for you? That's exactly the way it is in our normal lives when you keep calling and calling and you feel like your prayers are not being answered and you have people ridiculing you and asking you where is your God that you say you serve and eventually he will come and ask you what do you want me to do for you?
1: you Can you just tell us where you were reading the the story of blind Bartimaeus? That was um, in i'm
2: still in chapter 10 but this is verse from verse 46 to 52 okay. okay from verse 46 to 52 of chapter 10 um so quickly um in chapter five that i read last week i, I wanted to talk about this but i ran out of time and you know, it was a really important point i wanted to you know the holy spirit you know Really, all week kept saying to me, you have to talk about this today. Um, now, in chapter 5, verse 18, you know, there was a demon-possessed man that came and was, you know, you know, like Jesus healed. And after he had healed the man, the man wanted to follow Jesus. And uh, Jesus got on the boat and said to the man, the man, the demon-possessed, begged him and said that he might be with him. But Jesus did not permit him. That means he didn't permit him to come along with him and his and his disciples. But he sent. He said to him, "Go home to your friends, and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you, and how He has compassion. He has had compassion on you." So, what I understand, what, what this this passage really meant to me was, you know, we have this is this select. This, Jesus has the select that would, just like the disciples and the apostles, there are people that Jesus has chosen as a select that would follow, that, that would do some work for him. But that does not mean that those who are not within the select do not have a job that has been assigned to them. Now Jesus didn't allow this man to follow him, but he gave him a job to do. He said to him, go home and tell everyone what God has done for you. That's the assignment he has given to him. Just like in our daily lives, we may not be among the select but we have our assignment, and we still have to go out there and spread the word. Just like Bart- Bartimaeus had healed him, he kept calling his name. Keep the blind batting us. he was calling his name and calling his name and calling his name and he came and answered. Not everyone, we all have our individual roles that we have to play in this race, in this journey. And just because you're not a, um, a pastor or or a priest or an evangelist does not mean that we are not going to still play our own roles in spreading the word of God that we have all the rules we've been assigned. And uh, that's uh, that's what I wanted to discuss from what I read uh, in the book of Mark.
1: Okay, thank you. Thanks. Liz, do you want to share with us, um, you know, what you studied this week or what story you want or parable you wanted to share with us? Is she with us?
5: Yes. Let me just see if she's still with oh, us. I, I was trying to unmute this. Good morning. Um, good morning. I'm sorry that I was late. Um, okay. You're I, here. I actually read, um, I was reading through Isaiah because I was looking for um, things that said something that related to Jesus that related to us. And so I narrowed that down to, to chapter 52, verse 13, when he says, See, my see my servant shall prosper. He shall be raised high and greatly exalted, even as many were amazed at him. So marred was his look beyond that of man and his appearance beyond that of mortals. So shall he startle many nations because of him. Kings shall stand speechless. But those who have not been shall see. Those who have not heard shall ponder it. And then chapter 53 goes on to believe. Who will believe what we have heard in in verse 1? And I think when you take the two chapters together and when you take Isaiah together, what this meant to me was that Isaiah was prophesying Jesus himself coming. And he was saying this this person will come this being and this servant of the Lord will come that we have to look out for that. And, and that even kings will be amazed and stunned by what they see. And then to take that into ourselves, Jesus is telling us as well how that applies to us. Is through the words we have to remember to bring that forth and to to live that, to be that, and that spirit, and to bring that to people, so that we are a um, that we are a really positive. Um, representation of Jesus and of service to God and down in 53 verse 3 he said he was burned and avoided by men a man of suffering accustomed to infirmity one of those from whom men hide their faces burned and we would hold him in no esteem and I think that was um telling us that when this man came, when this son of God came, when this Jesus came, he was prophesying this was not going to be a prince, this was not going to be um you know a rich man's son, this was going to be someone just that was just a person, and that each of us need to to say when God asks us to do something um in that spirit of Jesus to not say, well, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not the president. I'm not a congressperson. I'm not, I'm, I'm not a movie star. I can't do this. And you, you know, it's you two chosen the wrong person. We have to step forward and do what God has told us to do. So I, I thought what what we were assigned was to, to bring of a scripture something that they were saying about Jesus and how that applied to us so I just feel that um, the importance of Isaiah's prophecies is they did come true and that through Jesus and through Jesus' spirit they we each accept them and that Jesus was very clear that we had to accept him and as we've accepted him we then take on that burden to do that um, what God asks us amen amen
1: it's funny that you picked that because um, this past week that that's what um, we were we're still in Isaiah and we were we were looking at Isaiah 52 and 53 this week so thank you for that that's funny mom did you have a story wanted to share with us?
3: No, uh, I'm sitting here enjoying rehearing and reliving scripture through each that is speaking. And uh, it's amazing how these things, when we need to make decisions about how we deal with people, uh, that these scriptures come back to us about how we're supposed to conduct ourselves how we're supposed to think and and to be. And that's the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives. If we were not reading and studying, we would not have that remembrance. And I think that's his way of saying, well done. Because we aren't doing our life uh, for fame or fortune, but to in the end, make it into the kingdom. And so sometimes when we go through our lives, we say, oh, uh, I read that in the scripture somewhere. I must look that up just to get a purer sense of what the word says and not have an interpretation that is skewed to what we want it to be. So I, I like the Bible readings because of that.
1: Yes. Um, amen. Yeah. Well, you know, I was thinking about it this week, and I was thinking that um, maybe the story of Paul on his road to Damascus, mm. where he was off, on his way to persecute the Christians, and he encounters Jesus along the way, that to me, this, this story kind of speaks to the transformation of the, the, the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives as Christians and in the life of the church, that sometimes we think we are on a mission of God to do something and God has to set us down. So this is in Acts chapter nine. I don't know if you remember the story um, that, um, I'll read the story. Amen. Acts From verse one. Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man, but they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, and neither did eat nor drink. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and to him the, said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street, which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth, and hath seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight.
0: Mm. Then
1: Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here he hath authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and the kings and the children of Israel, for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. So can you imagine? Can you imagine? That God asks you to to go and um, you know restore and heal the one who's been like the biggest persecutor of the of the Christians. And that, that he says, no, 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 you go and lay hands on him and restore his sight. Wait, but he's got papers to lock us all up. <laughs> <laughs> Greater is he that is within thee than he that is in the world. Yes, so God humbled him, and not only did he humble him, but for three days, I didn't remember that for three days he couldn't see, nor could he eat or drink. Well, Jesus spent three days in the grave. Hmm. So when Paul was, was being transformed, from Saul, was being transformed into Paul and becoming a disciple of christ that he went through his own death and resurrection for three days and then that was a good catch yes and then later on i'll let you read the rest of the chapter yourself but later on when um paul gets his first task to go and uh, talk to the 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 preach christ in the synagogues that then the people at the synagogues are coming for him and he had to be lowered down in a basket over the over the wall of the city mm-hmm. to get <laughs> <laughs> so now he goes from being the persecutor to being the persecuted
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was interesting And he was in jail for so long
1: well he didn't get captured that first time. So I mean if you look at the the trials and tribulations of Paul that yeah. uh, he just you know he narrowly escapes many times and sometimes he ends up in prison but he always seems to manage to get out again. Yes. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> but um anybody else have anything they want to share?
5: I did. I apologize for being late. I had been invited to hear a hearing, um, hear a talk by a lady who um, her family had been being sent to the concentration camps, actually were sent to the concentration camps, but were able to um, live through that and come out to another country, and eventually she ended up in America. And she was talking about love and forgiveness and how God tells us not, not to fill ourselves with um, non-forgiveness and bitterness and hate. And I um, had, you know, I thought it was very timely, a very old lady, and she had stepped forward because of the need for love and forgiveness in our nation and in our world. And... I um, couldn't get into the meeting, so um, I didn't hear her talk. But I thought during the week um, that how how often um, we all we all have to get together and have that love and forgiveness, and whether it's in our in our families, whether it's in our um, city, whether it's in you know any our county or state or country between countries and um, you know all this hate between um, oh I'm a Democrat and I'm a Republican and in other countries they have whatever and they're all fighting and everything and i I just wanted to listen to this lady about you know people who as a people, yes, there are people who still hate, and I I thought of the book, Sophie's Choice, and in Sophie's Choice, I don't know if any of you have ever read the book but or seen the movie, but Sophie was brought before the Nazi leaders, and they told her, choose which one of your children will live and which will die, and... So she told her son because she felt that her daughter was frail and she would die. She couldn't do the work and she didn't want her to be raped or anything. So she told the daughter to die. And her son was killed anyway. I mean, it was just a joke they were playing that they thought was funny. But in Sophie's choice, when she finally escapes or the ends war and comes to America there's a man that he thinks he's so religious and what he does is he torments her until she commits suicide. And he lived, he lives off the hate that his whole life is hate about the concentration camps and whatever. He he wasn't there, but he turns against and, and uses um, her own fragileness to, push her till she commits suicide over the real things that she had to suffer. And I just felt that we are in a time period where we all have to say, you know what, it's time to have love and forgiveness. You can't we can't keep going with what we're doing. And um I would like us all to pray very seriously for our nation. Um I I think something really bad is going to happen to us because if we don't pray for love and forgiveness and if we don't move together to to resolve our problems. And um, I just, um, you know, I, I don't know if anyone but Kay knew, but I went to law school. I was top in my law school. I was the first native California woman to complete law school passed half the bar exam and I got toxic shock and it took me eight years to learn to walk and talk again. And that was the end of my legal career. But I do like law, I follow law. Mm -hmm. And um, I am am very upset by what's happening. Um, We're seeing people who are so terrified to tell the truth because they're afraid that the mobs will kill their kids and kill their families or ruin their careers Mm. that instead of stepping forward and saying you know what this is the day this is going to stop in this nation and Nelson Mandela did it in his country he said we are going to start telling the truth we're going to deal with the truth and we're going to change what goes on and America isn't there we have to do it and we are not doing it. You know, everybody is out there self-righteous and fighting, and everybody's also out there buying weapons. And some people are afraid, and some people are going, oh boy, oh boy we're going to have the rights. And you know what? It's not okay. And, well, I,
1: think- and I,
5: I feel like that's why I wanted to listen to that lady talk about love and forgiveness after horrific things. And As a Native American, I listened and looked around, and I read the book, Anne Frank, and I thought, you know, I'm going to look into how these people were able, not all of them, but so many, how they were able to forgive and move forward, and to take the hate out of themselves, because forgiveness is for ourselves. And to me... To me, forgiveness is the most selfish thing you can do, because the minute you forgive, you throw that over to God and let God deal with those people. Other than that, you're holding all that hate and anger inside yourself. And I just feel, as a world, we've read this Bible, we all read this Bible, and we can see from the beginning, the beginning, you know, um, keen and Abel. People can't learn to just to sit down and talk about something. They have to, they have to kill each other and fight each other for things and want things. And nobody can say, "Oh, we have too many people. Maybe we should stop having so many people and start looking around and whatever." They, oh no, we have to go commit genocide on another group of people because we've, we've used all of our resources. And I just. I just have been watching some of the things that have been going on this week, and um, I've been asked to help with the children. They have seven thousand children. They are sleeping on cement. Mm. They don't. They don't even have a blanket this time. Some of them don't have. Some of them have little pads. Some of them have that little aluminum blanket. Some don't. Now they're going to move a whole group of them into the convention center and they put little cots out there and um, but little cots for what? What are we going to do with all these children? And then, you know, they come back to those of us who do those kind of things and say, oh, we don't know what to do with them. What should we do with them? Um, (laughs) Hmm. You know, I kind of think, oh, I think I've been telling you for 30 years to, you know, get our military out of everywhere and to get people settling down and give them hope. And you know what? I think I've been telling you from the start, find God in their lives because we all are going to go to love and forgiveness. We all are going to find God in our lives. But we're not going to make it. So that's what's on my mind this week. And I Hope that every one of us will step forward and everywhere we see these bad things, um, you know, say something about it. And, and you know, now they've started here in L.A. I don't know if it's back east, but on other countries, oh, they're picking on the Asians. Well, you know, they sent, didn't they didn't say anything about the Asian gangs that came in that were not just killing Americans, they were killing Asians, and the Armenians gangs and the Chinese gangs in California are fighting over which one of them is going to take over California, and I was invited to come in and try and talk to them and say, hey, um, this is America, it's not your old home country, you know, you keep on with this, and, you know, they're going to end up selling, sending the military in, and you're going to get kicked out of America, but you can't just come in and start taking over all the houses and doing what you're doing. And um, you can't have fights with other with other races here. And, um, you know, I think, and these were talking to some of the big gangsters and saying to them, you know, I'm just a person, I just do this, and I don't get paid for it. But, you know, you wanted to come to America and now be equal and be part of America, and And um, I don't know why God gave me that job, but he did. And now I feel the job God has given me is to really tell people, we can't do this anymore. We need love and forgiveness. So I apologize for being late, but I had wanted to hear that lady talk about how did she get to a place of helping other people to love and forgiveness from being in a concentration camp?
1: Well, you know, um, Liz, I think what's happening um, right now is that because we're still in a lockdown situation and the majority of people still are not, those who would have before the pandemic been in church on the weekends, they're at home. And even if they're participating in Zoom calls or watching the services on television or on a broadcast that they're feeling very disconnected from their church community because a lot of them like on um, Good Friday, I um, last Friday I was invited to a conference call in the morning and there were probably a couple hundred people on the call and it just felt so impersonal and um, so when people feel disconnected, from the from the holy spirit and disconnected from god and disconnected from their worship communities then i think it's easier for them to be led astray and to be disheartened and to forget that the greatest commandment was to um and he love says one love one another if you love me you will keep my commandments and this is my commandment to love your brother as yourself, well, you know what, we've been so isolated that um, I think the even the believers have forgotten what their mandate from God is. So we have to, I think we should pray for the, um, the believers to return to their um, authentic biblical roots and to you know, to pray fervently for the um, conversion of our land, because that's the only way. If people don't um, know who God is and what he expects of us, then how are they ever going to learn to love each other, right? Okay. Yes. Uh, I, I have had
3: a song, just the words, uh, flying through my head and my spirit for a whole week because I don't turn my television on to look at it anymore. It's a lot of misinformation. I'd rather read my Bible and let the Holy Spirit speak to me. But this song is, this world is not my home. I'm just the passing through. Do you remember, uh, we used to hear your granddad sing that with his guitar?
1: No, I never heard say,
3: My treasures are all laid up somewhere beyond the blue and it goes on to say that heaven beckons me with open door and i can't feel at home anymore in this world anymore and one of the things i noticed during the lockdown i have read my bible more often and i have more of the old hymns Uh, that run through my mind letting me know where my focus is and should be. And what's happened in the world is people still have faith, but just like you said, we're not congregating anymore to reinforce and love on each other. It's hard to love someone uh, or to think in terms of love when you see these people rioting and mistreating others Uh, while you're holed up in your own home but we need to pray against the negative speech of fear and uh, what I noticed when I talk with believers they start out worrying about the fear they forget about who is really in control and one thing that I get when I read the scriptures by myself, is I have to watch myself to make sure I stay between the lines that are going to get me where I want to be on that last day. And one thing I can do, if I can't go out and mingle, I can certainly pray. Because when the prayers of the saints go up, the spirit of the Lord comes down and it flows like heavy smoke people are inhale it they will not know what they're inhaling amen and and we just have faith in what you know what you believe uh when i was a child my mother used to say over and over this we believe and this we proclaim thus saith the lord And that song just did it for me. So I don't go out now until Thursday, I have another doctor's appointment, but I pray myself up when I go out that people will see Jesus and Jesus only. And that way, when you're working on that side of your spiritual life and faith, Satan has no power over you. You know how to pray. Everything that Liz was talking about was the fear monger, the hate, people trying to be something bigger than what they are. If they can be making themselves believe they're powerful and in control, that can make the saints shrink and fall under their banner instead of lifting up the banner of Christ. You don't even have to open your mouth. I love the fact that I can pray in the Spirit. I can sit right there and pull down heaven. And I've been sitting in a doctor's office and people are just going off and going on. And I just sat there and prayed, And I said, Lord, shut their mouths. Give them lock jaw. Have them have a scripture from old come to their mind. Quiet their spirits. Cast out the devils. You can sit and do that no matter where you are, whether you're on a bus, whether you at home and it gives you strength and the other thing that it reminds me of the scriptures tell us in god's time he's gonna say enough and we've got to make sure where we are what side are we on yes so we encourage that we have this small group for this day and hold each other up and accountable and pray for each other. And Liz, I I just am very thankful how you can get out there and be able to speak to other people. But the problem that people have is they think they're God. They think
1: they have power and control and they have nothing. Yeah, I mean, if you look back at Isaiah right there in the forties, Liz, that, um, you know, Isaiah says, well, wait a minute these gods and these Assyrians, you know, these rulers, these oppressors, that um, they've got the power to save you. They, they're powerless. They really are. They think they can do something. But when God's had enough, he's going to burn them up.
3: And he can do it in a twinkling of an eye. And, and we just don't know when that hour is going to come. So when I pray during the week, I pray for each and every one of you because I have my moments where I want to have a pity party. And that's when I have to put my music on in my mind and get through the day. I cannot let let the devil get one foothold in my spirit. I cannot. And uh, another song that I was listening, my mother used to sing it when she was ironing. And she would sing, be, be strong and valiant for the truth in God through every test, be true. And I forget what the other uh, uh, phrase was, but it goes that in the end, he he gets you through the test. I wish I could remember, I have to get my song books out. I've lost my voice, but I still have the words. And What people are singing today and calling themselves singing church songs is nothing even in the words to give you that strength to overcome the terror that is out there. The devil's speaking loud words, but we know who wins in the end, don't we? Yes. And and we have got to keep ourselves on that right path and take everyone that we love with us on the past. We may not be able to pull people in by the thousands, but we can do it one by one. Amen. 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 that's been my message to myself and everything I've read all week. As myself, I have a job to do. And as little as it is, do it to the most strength that you have inside and God will prevail. Amen.
0: Amen. So I solicit your prayers. I solicit your support. Okay. I want to thank you for your time. For those of you who have been faithful, you know, uh, supporting this work, for being involved, sharing these videos. Okay. Don't be, don't, don't don't get weary. Don't be weary. Don't get tired. Your strength is supposed to come brighter and brighter every day. Okay. Keep pressing on. Share these videos with your family and friends. Start watch parties on Facebook. Go with this video so your friends and family can discuss it. Okay? And continue to write us. Write me through Facebook. Write me through you know, the, the comment section here on YouTube. Okay. So I want to encourage you. Thank you so much for the way you've been supporting us. Thanks so much for all that you've been doing. We really appreciate it. Remember what I said: if you want to continue listening to us audio, you can always go okay to our website. You can see the online video channels. That you can get us through, like I mentioned, Apple's iTunes. I mentioned Apple iTunes. I mentioned um, Spotify, and I think Google. You can also, you know, the other platforms also through which you can hear us through audio. Okay, I want to encourage you to subscribe to our channel and to, you know, hit the like button hit the like button. I can't say that enough. Every time you watch videos through YouTube, hit the like button. Now, if you're watching through Facebook, or you're watching through some other video like WhatsApp, it's not going to show here, so we will see your like. But if you're watching through YouTube, I want to encourage you, or Facebook, wherever it is, I want to encourage you, hit that like button, okay? Hit that like button. It matters to us, okay? Thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for everything that you've been doing, you know, by watching our videos.